Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to What? That old queen, a candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, their views are their own and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, let your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> old queen. So, Tommy, we're recording at a different time of day. I know, it feels weird. And um, I can actually see what you look like. (laughs) Yeah, the Vaseline's been removed from the camera. (laughs) Uh, And there seems to be lots of building work, so apologies to the listeners if you can hear workmen in the background. Um, They're just uh, fixing something up for me. (laughs) <laughs> I've just got used to that noise, yeah It's just part of my life now But we normally do it in the evening, so we don't Yeah, they don't tend to build in the evening Yeah, we don't tend to hear it But um, yeah, there might be some funny noises coming from the background And also funny smells Can you smell that organic peppermint fly killer spray that I just squirted? <laughs> that you just squirted over me to get rid of me <laughs> It smells quite nice, don't you think? Yeah It's fresh yeah, definitely. I wonder if it actually works. I don't think it's going to work. I think they're just going to love that smell. I think, uh, you, you know, I still like my special vinegar, my vinegar baths yeah. <laughs> for them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and more about baths later on, because we've got a, a special guest coming up, pre-recorded interview for this, Rhiannon Styles, which was brilliant, which we'll insert. But how's your week been? You all right? Yeah, not too bad. I've um, Monday and Tuesday, I took part in um, a panel where we were looking at applications for some art projects that will happen in Bristol, which was really fun to take part in. And it just felt so Bristol in the sense that organised by Bristol Council and they got a free, few freelancers on board to have a look at the, the proposals and give their opinions. But in sort of typical Bristol style, they organised a playlist to go alongside the decision-making. OK. And um, they decided to play 
box fizz making your mind up. <laughs> Amazing. And the person facilitating it, as well as being a arts can- an arts officer at the council, is also a person that organises dance... What do you call them? A dance facilitator. Okay. Yeah, she's a dance facilitator. So we ended up doing um, all a choreographed routine of Bucksford's making your mind up. And it, and it was particularly interesting in the moment where don't let the indecision take you from behind. <laughs> <laughs> did it take you from behind? <laughs> there was a few proposals that did take me from behind. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but in a nice way. Did you rip your skirt off? Uh, no. I mean, it was mostly middle-aged women in the panel, okay. uh, which I guess that's what Cheryl and... I can't remember the other one's name. The other one. Actually, if I know the other one. Because they've yeah. changed, haven't they? But then now they've gone back to the original lineup. Yes, yeah, a bit like the Sugar Babes. <laughs> I mean, we've all been in the Sugar Babes, right? <laughs> it's, it's true, yeah. <laughs> the never-ending lineup. That's good. And watched your show, Posed as a Woman. Yeah. Or the, the development uh, Yeah, work part in of progress it. showing um, on Zoom for the Gift International Festival, which is based in Newcastle. But that's the beauty of these times is, um, yeah, I was doing something for Newcastle audiences in, in my bedroom. Yeah. Um, did you have a nice Beltane apart from that? What does that mean? Well, it's like a festival. So it's like the May Day Festival. It's oh, like the Pagan Festival. So. Yes. I, I, I actually only took part in one other event other than my own. Right. Um, but that was a really nice event because who was also partaking in the festival was one of my tutors from my degree times, which was almost 25 years ago. And when she taught us... We, we did a module. The, the module was basically performing in our home, in our domestic settings, in our homes, which just felt like you've just really set the, set the level for what's going to happen during a pandemic. Yeah, exactly. If ever one occurs. <laughs> and we did. Forward thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Beltane is like, it's, a, it's more of a fire festival. It's like because you light the fire of summer. I feel like I, someone's used that word recently t- to me and I had to Google it and obviously it didn't stick, stick in my head. No. Can you hear that noise now? It's really annoying, isn't it? I, I can, but, you know, it'll be fine. It'll go in a minute. Well, before Bernie said it, he thought it was someone singing. <laughs> I thought it was someone singing like a siren in the background. <laughs> Doing some singing practice. It is also... International Masturbation Month. Can I say something else about this? Yeah. Yesterday it was um, Hedgehog Awareness Day. Right. And No, Hedgehog Awareness Week and Midwife Midwife's Day. Okay. Yeah. So there was a lot of excitement in my house. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm often giving birth to hedgehogs. <laughs> and it's quite painful. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well something else that could be quite painful if you want it to be <laughs> but hopefully is pleasurable is masturbation so yeah inter- i think it used to be like an international masturbation day but now they've extended it to the whole month <laughs> i don't well, know it's whether- lockdown isn't it well i don't know whether it's a lockdown thing or not <laughs> So, um, so I've I've got a list of things. Uh, uh, why masturba- masturbation is good for you? 
I did notice on the list there's um, to, it helps induce sleep, which I can concur. <laughs> yeah. Well, should should we go? Th- should we do these in like a cab- cabinet of curiosities style? Okay. Where me and you can do one. Yeah. I'll just read this first one. So, masturbation apparently is important to helping you discover your body and finding out what you like, and obviously maybe what you don't like. Contrary to popular belief, you are responsible for your own orgasm. So if you know your body and you know what excites you, you'll be able to communicate that to your sexual partner, um, which I think is a good mm. good thing. Um, so potential benefits of masturbation... Is it promotes the release of endorphins, mm-hmm. the neurotransmitters associated with happy feelings that can improve overall mood and fight off depression. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, it also produces a chemical called oxytoxin uh, which works as a natural pain reliever sounds like a drag queen (laughs) it's my new drag queen name helps reduce headaches and muscle aches relieves stress and tension and aids relaxation after a stressful day i might need to do this later i had a massage the other day did you how was that? Christopher Morgan gave him a massage. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, yeah I was going to see Chris. Yeah, ma- massage man. Uh, if you haven't had one and you're in Bristol, check him out. He's very good. What's the next one? Provides a sexual outlet for people who are on their own by choice or circumstance. <laughs> well, well, I think a lot of us have been <laughs> on our own by circumstance over the last year or so. Uh, you've already mentioned this. Helps induce sleep or conversely helps you start the day with more energy. How is that possible? I don't know. I suppose if you have a little bit of a, a flurry in the morning. I do quite like to have sex in the morning, but I've never yeah. really thought of having... Maybe it's... Because uh, you're meant to meditate you, in the morning, aren't you? Are you a morning person? I I never used to be, but I think I am now. I think it comes with age, yeah, because yeah. I definitely am. Yeah, I seem to get up at like mm. half past seven and do stuff now. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. But I, like you, have always liked sex in the morning mm. as well. Sometimes more than at night. I want sex for breakfast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It improves the immune system and contributes to your overall health. Helps fight COVID. (laughs) I just made that one up. I mean, I don't know what the science is on that, but it could do. Um, Strengthens muscle tone in the genital and pelvic floor area, which can lead to better sex. Of course. It can keep you free from sexually transmitted infections as it's the safest kind of sex. I mean, I'm not condoning giving up sex with other people for masturbation. I think it's an optional extra. Let's make that clear. Yeah. (laughs) Translate into better sex as stimulating each other at the same time is intimate and rewarding. People often masturbate into old age. Let's hope so. I mean, I've worked in an old people's home and I can concur that that's true. <laughs> and then we have, so that's the top 10, but then we have possible health benefits for women. So combats premenstrual tension and other physical conditions associated with the menstrual cycle, such as cramps. Relieves painful menstruation by increasing blood flow to the pelvic region, which also reduces pelvic cramps and related backaches. And also builds resistance to yeast infections. That's interesting. Yeah. And then the possible health benefits for men. Um, May help to combat 
premature ejaculation by training it to last longer is easier to practice control when you do it on your own. Of course, as Janet Jackson used to say. Did she? Well, she did a song called Control. I don't, I'm not sure it's about masturbation. Anyway, um, so two, regular flushing of the system keeps semen healthy. Frequent masturbation helps in preventing the development of prostate cancer. Cancer-causing chemicals can build up in the prostate. I never say that word right. Am I saying it right, prostate? Prostate, yeah. yeah I said it right. Yeah. Um, if men do not ejaculate regularly. I think that's quite important because, uh, you know, prostate cancer is a really big issue for men, isn't it? Well, that's what my dad's experiencing, but I don't know whether I want to tell him to start having a good old wank. <laughs> well... Maybe it, I think it might it's the be the last thing he wants at the moment. Yeah, it might be a bit too late for that. Anyway, <clears throat> so there we go. The benefits of masturbation. And I also want to give a shout out and mark the passing of Olympia Dukakis. Um, Love her, yeah. Uh, award winning actress of stage and screen, feminist and LGBTQ advocate. I've got, I've got, um, it's almost like we're going to do a What That Really Old Queen. But yeah. there's lots of facts here. <laughs> I'm not sure we've got... Well, it's funny about Olympia is that you kind of know her... It's like she's always been an older person, hasn't she? She's always had that kind of wisdom and energy about her. I've never really seen her as a younger actor. No. I think she used to do a lot of theatre when she was younger. But we know her probably mostly for um, Steel Magnolias and the um, Tales of the City show. yeah. Which uh, they brought back recently, and she was still in it, wasn't she? Yeah, she was brilliant. And mm. then her character died at the end of it, mm. like passed on. Um, she was also in Moonstruck. Yes, love that film. Which she got nominated for an Oscar for, you know, with the famous share. Snap out of it. <laughs> How old was right. she when she died then? 1931, so... So, yeah, she was born in 1931, so... 19. Yeah. Good innings, I guess. Uh, 90, or 89... I think, because her birthday's on June the 20th. But her mother was from the Peloponnese and her father was from Turkey. But they both had Greek origin. And she's she's got an autobiography called Ask Me Again Tomorrow, A Life in Progress, which was from 2003, where she describes the challenges she faced as a first-generation Greek-American in an area with anti-Greek ethnic bigotry, violence and discrimination, and difficulties with her mother and other relationships, and battles with sub- substances and chronic illness. Mm. But what I want to check out, I wonder if she's got an audio book on that. I think it would be amazing if she read Mm. it, Mm. wouldn't it? But what I was interested in was that for 10 years she studied with an Indian mentor. I'm going to pronounce this really badly. Go for it. See how it goes. Srimatra Gayatri Devi at the Vedanta School of Hindu Philosophy, which I thought was really interesting. For 10 years, that's that's almost like becoming like a, a master guru or something by the end of it um she was a strong advocate for women's rights lgbt rights including same-sex marriage dukakis embraced the roles of a trans landlady in tales of the city which we've talked about and uh, a lesbian in cloudburst she was a figure on the lecture circuit discussing topics such as women living with chronic illness life in theater the environment and feminism and she is quoted as having said i recognize the real pulse of life is transformation yet i work in a world dominated by men and the things men value where transformation is not the coinage it's not even the language love that yeah 
and uh, well, she won two Obies in the theatre. And yeah, she's. Just, I just think she was such an amazing woman. She had a she had a good innings, but yeah, I just wanted to mark it because it's it's quite a seminal person that has passed. I'm glad you did, Bernie. <laughs> Have you got any other final words about Olympia Dukakis? She's got a brother called Apollo. It's all very Greek mythology, mm. isn't it? I never really thought about her heritage, but yeah, I can see that. Yeah. She was also a, a fencing champion. It says that she was, um, as a girl, she dominated in sports. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, I think she, um, like, it was one of her major passions when she was at school okay. and stuff. And yeah, and she was a New England fen- fencing champion. I've always fancied doing fencing. I, fancied, I, I think I fancy it for the outfit, mostly. I fit, yeah, it's quite sleek, isn't yeah. it? Maybe we should do it. Do you think there's a gay fencing class we can go to? bet there is (laughs) let's do i can imagine me and you with our swords on guard have you seen will young's new video no it's to daniel which is the song by uh elton john no not that one (laughs) leo sayer no it's quite a new song (laughs) oh okay anyway he's doing this real sort of almost fencing posturing within the within the video yeah in the woods oh so Oh, but didn't ask us. Where was our invite? Are you expecting that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously going to come on the show, right? He would be a good guest. He's got a, he he had his own podcast, which he stopped doing, and they replaced it with Alan, Alan Cumming. Yeah, Homo Sapiens. Mm. Yeah. Have you listened to that one? I have. Yeah. What do you think of it? Uh, I like it, but it's not as good as ours. It's not as good as what that old queen, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the format's just not right for me. <laughs> well, um, we're going to insert uh, our interview with Rhiannon Styles after our break. So we'll have a little bit of a break now, then we'll have the interview, and then we're going to come back and give our own two penneth on some Queens of Agony questions. How does that sound? It sounds perfect. I'm there for you. <laughs> All your decision-making. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I like to hear. Okay, so we will be back after this. Hi, this isn't a sponsorship ad because we don't have any and we don't have any adverts. But you can help us get some by sharing this episode on social media. Then we can get some adverts and some sponsorship, and we'll be able to carry on with this queeniest of old queeniest of podcasts. Before then, if you can spare some cash, we have a Patreon account, so click on the link below and give us your dosh now. Thanks for listening! When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So we're back and we have a fabulous guest, Rhiannon Styles, um, who is a writer for Stylist Magazine, L, Sunday Time Stylist Magazine, and broadly, and has written The New Girl, A Trans Girl Tells It Like It Is, which we're going to be talking about. Welcome to the throne room and what that old queen. <laughs> Thank you. What an intro. Love it. <laughs> well, we <we'd> sometimes um, <laughs> we have a very brief in- intro for our guests, but I thought I'd big you up a bit, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> How are you and where are you? How am I? On a scale of one to ten, I think I'm eight and a half. That's pretty and good. I'm in, I'm in Berlin, yeah. How is Berlin treating you? It's cold, it's dark, it's boring. Oh dear. Yeah. That's not oh. what I was hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> we still we still have a curfew. We're not allowed we're not allowed any guests or any socializing after ten PM. So it's it's still actually very strict here. So it's just dragging on. But you've made up for it by socialising with lots of plants, I can see. <laughs> now I can see myself in the screen. It actually looks a bit like a greenhouse, doesn't it? <laughs> it kind of does. <laughs> what are all the plants? Um, it's not actually my house. I'm, I've, I've broken into this house. Okay. Um, this is where I'm doing the interview today, so I don't know. There's lots of plants. <laughs> we, we always highly support people breaking into other people's houses to conduct interviews with us. In fact, it's a prerequisite. So <laughs> this is the new section. <laughs> it's called Housebreak Interview. <laughs> I, I want to say to you, I loved your book, um, mm. The New Girl. Um, I listened to it on Audible and really loved it. And like what you're saying about being bored and alone, something about the book really resonated with me when you were talking about sort of finding your safe space in your imagination. And mm-hmm. I wondered if that's something that you're doing in... In, within, your, within your curfew in the lockdown like are you amusing yourself within your fabulous imagination 
Um, I don't know. Perhaps I have actually regressed slightly in this lockdown curfew situation, and I've gone back to watching TV shows from the from the millennium. So I don't know. Maybe I am. What TV Sometimes. shows are you watching? I've gone into a really bad Sex in the City hole. <laughs> that, that's that's never a bad thing. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now on like season six. I'm like, how have I got to season six? <laughs> but do you know that? Do you know the artist Brian who does the sort of Sex in the City um, by prescription? So you you tell him what's wrong with you, like you're having problems with your boyfriend, or you know you're you're not getting on with your friends, and then he prescribes you a, an episode of um, Sex in the City to watch. Oh, I will get. I'll, I'll have to ask him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wonder. What, comes up with. Well, yeah. What would your episode be? What, where are you at at the moment? What's what's happened in the last episode? Is it the pandemic <laughs> issue? <laughs> they need to do that one. It's the start of season six. Um, Carrie's met Burger. Miranda's fallen in love with Steve, but he's met somebody else. Charlotte is going to become a Jew, and um, Samantha's in the meatpacking district. So it's all going off. Love it. <laughs> I want to say to you, I I listen to quite often. I listen to two audio books at the same time, and I listen to Lucille Ball's memoir at the same time as yours. I don't know if there's a connection between the two. Both gorgeous redheads. I would say that was probably my first inkling. <laughs> but I'm still, I, but I, I still haven't finished Lucille Ball. Oh, okay. Hers probably covers a longer period than mine, though. No. Well, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and talking of TV references, there are mm. like what I really loved about your book is the detail. And it mm. just is so evocative. I mean, you're you're younger than us, but you really capture that world of the 80s and the 90s with mm. Scooby-Doo and She-Ra. <laughs> oh, I love she yeah. Going live. They're all in there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because when I'm finding I'm writing that's autobiographical and memoir-based, then actually... I need those reference points to A, set it in time and also key things for me to be able to trigger memories around that time as well so I can actually kind of like locate my own narrative within that world. So I find it just a really helpful way to anchor certain parts of my life um, down in, in, in the words, basically. Was it hard to locate those memories or whether was going live triggering a whole lot more? If you know what I mean, <laughs> I think that, I think always looking back, there are strong memories that jump out from childhood. So I remember vividly, like going live, because me and my sister used to play on the floor in the lounge on a Saturday morning with dolls whilst going live was on. So it was very much like uh, it was very much integral to the childhood. So it's kind of very much there. But there's other things that, you know, just kind of pop in out. You think, and I think actually then it was down to my editor to really use those stories and memories in a way which made sense in the overall arc of the book. How difficult was it to or how cathartic was it to write the book? Yep, I watched a, an interview on YouTube with you where you said that you only had like five weeks to actually write the book. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> about five months. I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's that's different than five weeks. Um, yeah. So you had five months, but how? I mean, what was that process like for you? Was it cathartic? Yeah, in a way. I mean, the newer book, which we'll probably get on to talk about, was more cathartic. But in a way, it was part of the deal because at that point when I got that book deal in 2016, I was the L columnist. So they really wanted to push the book out whilst I was still like within uh, working within the media in that way. And so I knew that it would be a really intense process because, A, I'd never written a book before, so I didn't know how you scheduled your time to write a book. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, like, when and where I, I would write a book, how I would kind of go about, like, would I start at the beginning and finish at the end? Like, all these things I had to learn when I was doing. And I remember it was coming really down to the crunch, and I had this, like, big piece of paper on the wall, and I had to... I had to mark every single day and every single day I had to hit a certain word count and Mm. that's just when it's just like you're in the flow of it completely it was cathartic in the sense it was the first time that I've really looked at some of those memories looked at my life and be able to reflect on it from this perspective and that in that way it was very nice what was the you know because you were the um L girl mm-hmm. columnist. Yeah. What was the kind of readership's view on you taking that role? I think it was very popular because it was the first time they'd really had a trans voice in the magazine of regularity. So I did the columns um, once a month for two years. And also their readership is very much actually the home counties. It's not like central cities. So I think it was uh, really important for them that my voice was also accessible so they didn't also feel too niche or too too central to like like one geographical point. And I think it went really well because the column lasted two years and it was only originally meant to last 10 months. So it was good. And I think that's something about the the book the new girl was that it felt like something that i could give my mum and say you know this is a trans girl's experience mm. uh, but it also would work for you know people that that are experiencing the same issues as you are I've, i suppose since the l column i've always wanted to do that is being able to have a readership which is which doesn't feel like you need to be part of the LGBT community to understand those issues and to understand the experience, to really open it much wider. And part of that is being able to show vulnerability and writing about difficult and challenging things. But I think that's just one way that people can then relate to you because I think even even I've, even though I've gone through a gender transition, many people in their lives go through other forms of transitions, whether you're working, whether it's a job transition, family, etc. So I think there are actually universal themes that people can pick up on. One thing that you describe, you know, really well is the kind of the backstage, the dressing rooms or the the getting ready and disabled toilets. And that, you know, that's a world that I know quite a lot about. Um, yeah. I'm there. And and you talk to, you know, you know the, the booze is kind of mentioned a little bit, but it's not really going into that much depth. Mm. And that's something that you, you're sort of picking up on your new book. Yeah, exactly. There's one chapter in The New Girl called The B-Side, which talks about my drinking and taking drugs when I was working in the club scene and in cabaret and all that for like 10 years. And I really wanted to expand on that topic because 
Also, as well as the gender transition, since 2012, I've also accessed recovery and have sobriety from drink, drugs and various other things. And so I really wanted to share that journey so that it's also there's also an accompanying book now which isn't focused solely on the gender transition but also the changes that I've made in my life and also use that as a perspective to bring in other trans um, people's stories who've also accessed recovery. Tell us what the book's called again because I only wrote the first word down of the title which is help. (laughs) (laughs) So the first book was called The New Girl, A Trans Girl Tells It Like It Is. And the second book is called Help, I'm Addicted, A Trans Girl's Self-Discovery and Recovery. That's great, because we did a piece on Straight Jacket last year, which Mm. is which is about a lot of people in the LGBTQ plus community turn to drink and drugs because Mm. of gay shame and the society that we Mm. live in. So that's brilliant that you're actually putting that into words and telling that story as well um Mm. part of your other book can we just touch on a little bit because we we do like an agony aunt section uh in the show and a lot of people talk to us about the apps and they have mixed feelings about dating apps and stuff like that that whether some of them they some people like it some people hate it but um you had quite a good experience on grinder is that correct or a bad experience? I am, am I getting am I getting my experiences mixed up? Trying to read your face. <laughs> I was quite surprised when you said good. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, I was going to say not many people have good experiences on Grinder, but some I people do. The, yes, true. One of the things that I found surprising about Grinder, I mean, I haven't used Grinder since 2015. I don't know what it's like now, mm. but in 2014 2015 when I was really early on in my transition it was it was challenging to find people who could accept you where you were in that process so as a newly transitioning person I don't didn't look couldn't sound like exactly like I do now but I found on Grindr that there was a percentage of people that were really uh, sexually turned on and interested in trans feminine people And I think it was surprising because I thought that that sort of thing would only exist in other areas. I didn't think it would be in such a specifically a platform that's specifically centered towards gay men. That's how I previously heard of it and knew people who used Grindr. But actually, I think one of the filters on there was is for guys looking for transgender women. And Mm. at the time I was living in Hackney and actually it was a hotbed of guys looking for transgender women. I didn't know. Wow. So there were lots of, I had lots of experiences with people through that app. Um, some of them okay, some of them not so good. But this is also something that I talk about in the new book as well, because I think it's important to shine a light on the area and how easy it is for people. I've one, one of the things I found is that, I was putting a lot of my self-worth in exterior things. So a lot of my exterior validation was coming from the attention from men. And when you do that and when you do it in ways which aren't, which haven't got healthy boundaries, um, apps like Grindr are really not a good idea. Yeah, sure. And yeah. I, th- I, I think um, the uh, Straight Jacket book 
mentions those apps as well. And I think David Stewart mentioned the apps in terms of like chemsex addiction and things like that, where mm-hmm. it, it's very easily accessible for those mm-hmm. types of things and also yeah for sex addiction and that type mm-hmm. of stuff. So yeah, it's not the most healthiest of places to be sometimes. Mm. Yeah, and also, I mean, sadly, those places are also have a lot of transphobia, a lot of racism, a lot of prejudice. So you really have to, I think you really have to know when to disconnect from it. Mm, definitely, yeah. Totally. Yeah, and you have to be, you kind of have to be strong, really, as well. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Can we talk about your gong baths? <laughs> because I I'm like to have, a, I'm, I like I'm really to have a gong bath. I'm really bath. glad you mentioned that. Oh, look, there's a gong. <laughs> You know, we we have a gong in every show. <laughs> we use a gong as a as a sort of segue. Yeah. Oh, fab! It's one of my favourite noises. But tell us why you use a gong. I've had a gong bath with you once before, and it was I, I felt it was a very nice experience because I'm not someone that really gets into meditation or relaxation easily. But there's something mm. about the sound of it that is. It's like a fast track for me. Mm, Exactly. So when I went to my first gong bath, I was literally like vibrating on the floor. It just really resonated with me. And it was like I'd never experienced anything like that before in a physical form from a sound. So I just really enjoyed it. Wait, Um, hang on a minute. Can Can you just describe what a gong bath is? Because I've never experienced one and I'm sure some of our listeners haven't. So yeah. I don't know how I got tuned into it, but when I lived when I was living in Hackney, I just saw this like flyer for someone doing a gong bath in this church, and I was like, "That sounds really weird." I'm down. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and um, basically, you go into the. It can be any sort of space, and. Uh, you go and you lie down. Usually, you go and lie down on a yoga mat in a shavasana position on your back, and you cover yourself with a blanket. Maybe you put a cushion under your head. Get really comfortable. Close your eyes, and somebody will play gong or multiple gongs or singing bowls or crystal bowls, a variety of instruments, and the composition really. You feel it in ways because. Uh, what's so brilliant about the gong is that it creates so many different frequencies and because sound travels really well through water and your body is made up of 90% water actually you feel these really uh, you feel the sound in ways that you don't if you listen to recorded music for example it's really powerful and I got into and then when I went to my first gong breath I was like this is amazing one day maybe I would like to do this. And when I moved to Berlin, I started my MA. I did an MA in, it's called Solo Dance Authorship, which is for artists who use performance in their work. And as part of one of my semesters, I was, I'm also a musician, I play guitar and other instruments, and I wanted to incorporate gong. And I started working with a gong player and we developed that work. And then on the side of that, she taught me how to play gong. And I just organically fell into doing gong bass because for me, like you say, Tom, I mean, I've been meditating for a few years now and I I can access that quite easily. But I do think for people who 
don't have meditation practices, that gong is a really good aid just to be able to calm and slow down and tune into something else. You haven't got those thoughts always racing through your head. I saw you do a show at Vauxhall Tavern at Ducky. Mm. It was years ago. And mm. it was very, like, ritualistic. And there was a lot of kind mm. of rolling. And it felt like that was a, it was it felt connected to what we're talking about now. Do you remember mm-hmm. what you were doing? Yeah, yeah. I played something on the guitar and it was all looping. Then I started doing roly-polies until I couldn't do any more. Yeah, until I was exhausted. That was yeah. it, yeah. And the crowd went yeah, wild. I just, I actually really, I remember that show because there was a girl standing at the end of the stage and she had some a glass of water and every time I did my roly-poly towards that side of the stage she was like have a drink <laughs> <laughs> but you're professional I, you know, so you didn't I didn't know I mean that would have broken it wouldn't it but yeah it's funny but it's very much connected to that and I think that was one of the actually that that similar work is what I was developing in my MA work so it has come all from that same place for sure I think people think gong baths are a bit woohoo like a bit they're still they still seem a bit inaccessible to people so I started did you join through my Instagram gong baths that I was doing yeah I took them onto Instagram during the winter at that time of the year when it gets dark at 3pm and it just feels like there's no end in sight and um and yeah, I did it on Instagram and it was really successful because I think it just opened up people's awareness to actually how powerful it can be. I just was on a residency last week and it was mm-hmm. this beautiful house in the countryside with lots of wood surrounding it. And they built this kind of um, meditation hut in a tree. It's a beautiful mm. circular kind of like yurt almost, I suppose. And I was with my friend and, and we went into we went into the meditation tent or whatever you call it and uh, I said should we have a gong bath (laughs) and I just found on Spotify that there's a list of gong baths that you can do and we lay down and I literally immediately fell asleep and Mm. she said she was just listening to me snoring for half an hour (laughs) (laughs) well gong baths uh, I've never heard of this so I'm definitely Mm -hmm. you know give Mm -hmm. it a go yeah you need one in your life because I, yeah. as I say, I love a gong. So. <laughs> Can you give us a gong with that gong in the background? Well, I can, but I don't think it will sound very good through Zoom. Let's see. You ready? We're ready. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Let's see how it sounds. You don't have to tell me how it sounds. Oh, it's cutting out. It started and then it... It stopped. Was it all patchy? Yeah. Oh, it's it, it's really weird because it started and then it just stopped. I mean, we've learned something that gong baths, Zoom is not the right p- platform for gong baths. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> I'll, I'll insert a gong later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll make it sound amazing. <laughs> is your book, is your new book out now? The new book, Help, I'm Addicted, A Trans Girl's Self-Discovery and Recovery, is coming out on October 21st, published by Jessica Kingsley Publishers. And the old book, The New Girl, is available on Amazon and in all good bookshops. Great. And if, if people want to find out more about you, is there a website? Yes, you can go to com, or I'm slowly building my new gong 
website, which is gonebackberlin.com. I'm on Instagram at Rhiannon underscore styles. That's great. Rhiannon, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been fabulous having you in the throne room and you banging your gong for us. You've been brilliant. (laughs) Thank you very much. We will bang a gong for you momentarily. (laughs) Take care. Okay, take care. Right. That's our own little gong bath that's happening. We're going to do some Queens of Agony now. Are you ready for this? I think so. Okay. As ready as I'll ever be. (laughs) So, dear old Queens, as you are over 40, was being fit the golden standard and did you struggle with body image? Lots of guys complain mainly about why they don't get hit on by other, other guys and get turned down by them because they are not fit, are fat, or working on achieving those muscular good looks. This made me wonder whether back in time it used to be such an obsession or a hard-coded criteria of attraction in the gay community as it is now with us millennials or not. I I don't think it's just a millennial thing. No, I think it's always been a bit of a thing, isn't it? I mean, I can't say always, but yeah. It's definitely been a thing for a long time. I think it's less of an issue now than it was back then. But I mean, maybe I'm wrong. People that like a fuller figure. Yeah. I think it feels like there's more people open to different shapes and sizes. Mm. And that certainly if you're having a relationship with someone, it's more about the person than the, the physicality. I don't know. I mean, I guess you are attracted to people because of how they look if you don't know anything about them to start off with but then I think there's a certain you know je ne sais quoi about people that kind of turns you on I'm kind of turned on by people and their personalities rather than I guess the first thing that you're confronted with is the looks but then as you get to know someone I think you can be turned on just by them as a as a person what what do you think I think you can yeah um but yes I do find myself attracted to a certain shape of body um, that's probably very different to my own, and that's probably why I find attraction and difference a, a lot. Yeah, my m- my ideas of my own body. Are, I've always had a sort of. I've always looked at myself in the mirror and had sort of issues around that. And I've always tried to. I've always tried to maintain like a, quite a lean look. Mm. Um, so that's probably not a conventional. I'm going to say golden standard. I don't really know what they mean by that. I'm going to use that phrase because I think that's what they... Yeah, so so I do quite a lot of exercise to try to maintain that. Mm. Um, But also exercise is different because it's different for me because it does feel very connected to my mental health. And so I love to go running in the morning Mm. and that feels like you can feel... You can see nature and you can feel the wind or the rain or the weather Mm. and you can go into nature and look at the birds and all that beautiful stuff yeah um so they're they're really interconnected with me and at at the moment actually a lot of my work is just like quite sedentary so it's nice to start the day with something that moves your body around a bit Uh, but you're doing that for a different reason you're not doing it to just make yourself look beautiful, are you? I'm doing it for a combination of reasons. Yeah, I think. yeah. 
Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say, look, making myself look beautiful. I would just say, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just, but I, my, my problems, my problem area as I've got older is my stomach, mm. and I always and I always focus on that, and probably unnecessarily because that's just what happens to your body as you get old. Yeah. I mean, I used to be very skinny when I was younger, but then as I as I got older, obviously I'm bigger. I also have problems with, with body image, and I try to kind of celebrate and accept that I'm a bigger person. And I I like working out, and I tend to go to the gym, and that kind of accentuates my bigness in in a way rather than losing it. Mm. And uh, yeah, I like you. I think I I do it for mental reasons as well. I I find going to the gym or working out at home is almost meditative and it also help it kind of helps me process stuff with the day but i tend to think that i think we're bombarded with images of people with supposedly perfect bodies and things like that i i'm trying to be more body positive about you know different shapes and sizes and i think we we should be i think i think it's a bit of an issue in the gay world particularly with gay men as well and i think women feel this as well in the straight world uh, and elsewhere, where it, there's a lot of pressure to look a certain way or be, you know, have a certain look, and I think we need to get away from that. And if if you're happy with who and what you are, that that shouldn't be an issue. I like to wear a lot of, you know, different types of clothes, and I sort of feel that's connected as well somehow. Mm. Like to have that sort of lean frame in my mind, allows me to wear certain clothes that I probably wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. But I don't think that's a healthy position to have, really. No, maybe... I, I don't know. I mean, So I've got, a, I've, got a ward, I've got two wardrobes full of clothes, half of which I can't wear anymore because they're too small for me. Mm. <laughs> but part of me thinks I'm actually going to... I will fit into them again one day. <laughs> so I'm, re- I'm refusing to throw them out. But maybe I should just get rid and just, you know, accept my body shape as it is and dress accordingly. I don't know. It's uh, Sometimes you see someone wearing something that's really tight on them and they're just so liberated in their body that they, it just looks brilliant. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And everything's sort of spilling out and hanging out and they just look amazing. And I think that's who I want to be. I think there's an, I think there's a definite attitude that makes people makes you attractive, and I think it helps as you get older when you're more comfortable in yourself and your body. And I think people are just more attractive when they're more confident about themselves. And I think that that's, I think that's one of the issues here. I think we're, like I said, we're bombarded with these images or this ideal of what people should look like. Actually, we should just be happy in ourselves and just kind of celebrate what we are a bit more. Um, and yeah, I definitely don't think it's a millennial thing or just a millennial thing, but uh, it's it's a shame that, that it is still a thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, it's almost like we're, we're our own worst enemies sometimes. We always see our faults rather than celebrating what's good about us. Mm. Yeah, we we just need to do that a little bit more. Anyway, I don't know whether that's answered the question or not. I've got this fantasy about when we go back into the nightclubs that I'm going to wear something really revealing. Wow, we've got, wow, that's interesting because we've got a question about that coming up. Okay, um, so let's move on so we can get to that question. So, dear old queens, how do you stop comparing new partners to your ex? 
I'm 34. I broke up with my ex who was 27 three months ago. I'm still grieving the loss. We broke up for complicated reasons, but the sex was always great between us until the very end. I remained abstinent for three months, just working on myself and grieving. This month, I've started meeting a few guys for hookups just to test the waters. None of the sex I've had compares even closely to the sex I had with my ex. I put a face on during the hookup, but then then I'm really sad when the guy leaves because I miss my ex so much. How can I stop this? I don't want to stay stuck and I want to have great sex with other men. Thanks for your advice. I'm giving it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's in anticipation. (laughs) (laughs) I think think we've all been there, haven't we? Where we've had... I don't think there's anything wrong with comparing it to your ex. Because Mm. maybe when you compare it, you can say, well, they're better at that. I really like the way that they cooked me dinner (laughs) Jason didn't used to do that Mm. for example yeah Jason isn't a specific person it's just a it's one of my exes oh okay (laughs) (laughs) okay no names no patrial Um, (laughs) I don't think he listens but I think three what this uh, the writer in her doesn't say is how long the relationship was for The writer in her, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, three months. That's not very long. It's not very long, especially if it was a long-term relationship, which I'm guessing it was. I think, yeah, I think maybe maybe it's a little bit too soon if you're having these... Um, I mean, good for you for getting back out there, but... Yeah, give it more time. I think give it more time, and I think it, it, it will come... <laughs> Excuse the pun. Um, <laughs> and Noted. I, <laughs> but I think, yeah, you just need a little bit more time, and just it's just finding the right connection with someone. And I think that's difficult in sexual terms. Sometimes casual sex can be really, really good and really, really hot with some people, but it can also be very transactional and quite transient, and isn't always perfect. And I think sometimes sex in a relationship or with a long-standing sexual partner is better because you get to know what they like and what they don't like and what you like and what you don't like. And, you know, it's... And also it's International Masturbation Month, so maybe just continue with the masturbation for a while. You're very good at this, Bernie. (laughs) You should do it for a living. If only someone would pay me. (laughs) But, yeah, what do you... I mean, what what do you think? I think... Yeah, I think it's it's only been three months. I think that they need to have some fun, and they shouldn't they shouldn't care. They shouldn't. It shouldn't matter that they do compare. Mm. That's only human to do that. So don't get stuck in it. Yeah, I often find that I used to give them the ex's names. Do you have you ever done that? Yeah. That doesn't go down well. No, but then I went through a phase of dating everyone who had the same name. So, oh, okay. well, so I didn't really have that problem. Or <laughs> well, sometimes you can call them mum. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different kind of therapy that we need for that one. Okay. <laughs> so I, I think give it a bit more time. Also... Sex is always different with different people, so it's not going to be the same. Sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. You know, and it's not always going to be perfect. But just kind of... Sometimes sex gets better with someone. Agreed. Yeah, okay. 
Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the next question and wondering what I thought about that. <laughs> well, the next the next question is quite a short one. Dear old queens, do you like moustaches? How do you feel about a moustache? And how about body hair in general? So my answer to that is, why are you asking us that? <laughs> why do you want to know? Why do you want to know what we think about well, that? Well, maybe they're thinking of considering having a moustache, like to please us specifically. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't understand why someone's written into us to ask that question. Well, moustaches—they're very in at the moment, aren't they? Have you watched, like, The Great British Sewing Bee? Oh, I could say The Great British Moustache. Like, like, they're really running low on ideas for TV shows now, aren't they? <laughs> but there's, there's like, a French guy called Raph, I think, on there who's got a moustache, who's very attractive. Well, next week's guest is Les Child. Oh. And um, he's he was in a show called Glow Up. It's on TV. Yes. The makeup show. Yeah. And there's a guy with a nice moustache on that. Yeah. Um, I I I'm I can take or leave a moustache, actually. But, but I guess if you've got a nice one then I think they suit some people, they don't suit others. I've had a moustache before. Yeah. Um it it's not the fullest of moustaches. I haven't shaved for about two, three days. I know, you're almost a bear. I know. <laughs> it feels quite weird, <laughs> but I've just been very busy. I kinda like it. Would you like to see more of it? Of course. <laughs> I've got a photo shoot tomorrow, and I'm wondering whether it's just to keep it or to take it all off. Oh, oh tell us about your photo shoot. Well, I've got a little show that I'm doing in Western Supermare, so they're photographing me on the top of the Sovereign Shopping Centre car park. Glamorous. And, yeah, and <laughs> the pier. Amazing. I said, they said, what sort of style? I said, I don't mind, but I just want the wind blowing through my hair. And maybe I'll be holding a bag of chips. <laughs> Put some chips in your hair. And how do you feel about body hair in general? Well, I I tend to like it. Well, the, I mean, I'm very hairy, and I've got a, a, a beard, and so I kind of I kind of like hair. But I also like people who are smooth as well. Um, I do have a penchant for a moustache. I think they they look good. But yeah, I don't. Uh, I, again, I don't know why they've written in and asked this. <laughs> <laughs> I just was playing Maggie Smith recently yeah. and I took off all my arm hair mm. with, um, what's that cream called? Veet. Yeah, and I took it off because I've got, I'm, I'm very smooth, mm. but I've got quite hairy arms. I took it off my arm hair and I quite like not having a lot of arm hair because when I'm performing, I like to do a lot of stuff with my arms. Mm. And somehow I feel like... The hair breaks up the line. Yeah, maybe. But sometimes you wear long gloves as well, don't you? Well, yes. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure where that gets us in this question, but... (laughs) Uh, uh, So the answer is, do you like moustaches? No, but we like long gloves. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also like long gloves, but I do like moustaches and uh, and body hair. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right final question dear old queen this feels weird this just us doing these again I know, doesn't it yeah where we don't have someone else interjecting we had a limited time with rhiannon and so i think that's why we're doing it together yeah 
Yeah, but any feedback from our listeners? We'd, we'd, yeah. we'd love to hear your feedback. Is it good to have another <laughs> alternative viewpoint? Yeah, I mean, you know. I think we quite often agree on things. It's quite nice to have a sort of a th- a, yeah, third. An adjunct. Mm. Okay, I'm going to, uh, maybe I'm going to disagree with the next one. Dear old queens, am I too old to wear sexy clothes to bars and clubs? Do's and don'ts needed. Your input is needed. I'm looking forward to us coming out of lockdown and the potential of heading to gay events, bars and clubs. But I'm feeling a gay bar novice again. I think a lot of people are, think, are feeling like that, aren't they? They're, they're a bit worried about us coming out of lockdown. I think I'm in great shape for an older guy and I kind of want to get noticed. I feel like I want to break out my short shorts, colourful tanks, jocks, etc. Jocks? I know. In a nightclub? <gasps> You're just I, walking into the pub in a jock. Well, has been known. <laughs> I don't usually do this, but it seems like it, it'll be fun. But I'd I love to go into a bar and say, I don't you normally do this kind of thing. <laughs> but I'm just wearing a jock. <laughs> I don't usually do this, but it seems like it'd be fun. I also don't want to go overboard as compared to what guys generally do in their 40s do when they hang out in bars. Any gay nightlife fashion tips, do's and don'ts? Well, we've gone from the pubs to the nightlifes. Yeah. Um, I would just say I want to see someone go overboard. <laughs> Don't you? Especially on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when people go overboard on a boat. <laughs> yeah, because it's all. I think it's a little bit harking back to the body image thing that we mm. were talking about before, that it's... It's almost like a celebration of who and what you are, in a way, and attention-grabbing and and celebrating yourself. I've always had this thing about my legs, you know, and I made a show called Legs 11 where I... It was in 2011, so it was 10 years ago now. Wow. And I entered a competition to become the best legs in the country. Oh, yeah. It was run by Pretty Polly, and I actually became a finalist. (gasps) And um, so I was invited to this modelling shoot where it was me and a lot of teenage girls. Yeah. I was in my late 30s at the time. Um, And I do have good legs, Mm. but my legs have had a lot of troubles of their own. Right. (laughs) So I had my... I had a lot of varicose veins and I've had them removed. And now my legs... They're a good shape, I think, my legs, because Mm. I like to, you know, I like to go running and and do exercise on specifically for my legs but they have a lot of scarring and they have a lot of um eczema that's not called eczema it's got a specific name okay it's for it's like eczema for varicose veins okay i don't know what that's called but i'm just going to call it varicose vein eczema yeah so you know in in lots of ways they're quite gruesome right but they also are long and a good shape yeah. And I think, fuck it. Why don't I just get them out? Yeah. One more time. Why not? Yeah, I think I think it's just a celebration of yourself whether uh, yeah. I don't yeah, it's it's all about body image and, and warts and all in a way, isn't it? But yeah, if you want to go into <laughs> a bar in just <laughs> a jock, I'm right behind you. <laughs> 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 What's your favourite jock label? Do you have jock straps? Are you a yeah, jock strap have, kind of person? No, I have got two jock straps. I don't know what they 
I think once there's cult on them, would that be a cult? There's bike. There's um, uh, Aussie bum. I've never got into Aussie bums. I think I I never like a person in an Aussie bum. I think they, to me, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but they sort of present someone that is. If I see an Aussie bum, I think a vacuous mind. Really? Is that harsh? <gasps> Might be a bit harsh. Have but you got an Aussie bum? I've got Aussie bums, yeah. Have you? Yeah. Well, I've got, I have all sorts of uh, underwear. Aussie bum were kind of big, like, 20 years, 15, 20 years ago, weren't they? I think. I'm not sure. I, don't, I haven't got a timeline to hand. They're not, they're not so big now. Uh, box are quite good. Uh, I don't know. It's... I've got a red pair and a white pair, that's what I've got. But I don't ever wear them, really. No. I've My favourite pants... I think I might be wearing them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but this can be an Instagram yes, post. Yes, I am. Um, they're actually by Zara. Right. They're black, but they've got that lovely... They've got like a gold, gold trim. trim. Yeah. Glitzy. That, yeah, I love them. And they're only Zara, and they were in a sale. I think they're a pound ninety nine, which oh, is my kind of style. Yeah, I, I, I quite like it when they're in the sale. Mm. Underwear seems to be really expensive for the amount of fabric there is on, them. Mm. <laughs> especially jock straps, which is even less than a boxer. I think some people look. I think whatever makes you feel sexy. Some people wear jocks all the time, don't they? Like during the day. Yes, I think it makes them feel naughty. Yeah. What happens if you poo your pants? <laughs> That's what I would always be worried about. Because <laughs> you know that there's a bit of a buffer. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, if you take facilium husk and, and stuff, that apparently doesn't happen so much. I don't even know what that is. But, but it, well, it's like a fibre supplement that you have. It's very good if you're bottoming in general. So what does it do? Just get rid of everything before you've even left the house? Well, it kind of bit binds everything up, so it's not, you know, you're not going to have... Um, you get hard stored. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you're not going to have, like, an avalanche of stuff that you don't want. <laughs> Coming. <laughs> well, you heard it here, folks. But this this conversation's gone downhill fast. Um, what about other things? That we're, <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about jocks in general, but what, what uh, gay nightlife fashion tips, do's and don'ts. Well, What's a don't? Uh, so don't. Um, Aussie bums are don't, obviously. For well, you. for me, they are. Yeah, yeah. But I probably stand alone on that. Right. Um, I'm desperate to get in a backless dress. Yeah, you look good in in a back backless dress. Well, I've never got. I've never worn one. But isn't that big ball gown that you wore for your twenty first birthday? That's backless. It's sort of a bit. A bit. Isn't it? Yeah, it's got yeah. a bit of back. But yeah. I, I'm talking like. Down to the oh, down to the down to the jock strap. That's okay. Not there. <laughs> yeah. um, what's a what's a do? Glitzy, bold patterns, cheap fabric. Yeah, I but you know I like a t-shirt with a with something on it as a well. Slogan. With a slogan or a picture or something funny my, on it. My um, busy mum from Philip Normal t-shirt still hasn't turned. Is it not? Yeah. Mm, yeah. By the time it comes, I won't be so busy because the kids have left. <laughs> <laughs> busy mum, no longer. <laughs> Do you think it's going to turn up like that? Bored mum? Yeah, I don't know. Well, Philip Normal, what's happening? What's going on? 
It's not like branded a moniker, is it? No. Where you get your T-shirt within a couple of days. And didn't they do a free delivery service? Recently? Free delivery. Did you cash in on that? Um, not quite. No, I think I missed it. I bought an early one. Yeah, I wanted to get the Michelle one as well, but mm. I didn't. I went for Joan in honour of my mum, but I might also get Jane. Um, I think go for your life. Put your short shorts on if it's uh, warm enough for that. You Have can't... you got short shorts? I've got, yeah. I rarely wear them. Have you worn the boiler suit that I gave you? No, no not yet. I'm waiting for a, a moment to do it. What is that moment? What does that moment? Well, I want to. Like? I want to give it like a special outing. Okay. And like we we haven't really had one of those yet, have we? No. Might be Western Supermare. Might be show. Western Supermare. If if that's on top of a car park, I think that would be a very good outfit for me they to wear. They might mistake you for a car park attendant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think car park a- attendants wear corduroy, but in yeah. Western they do. Or maybe they do. Maybe they do. <laughs> Anyway, I think go for your life, whatever makes you feel sexy, especially in uh, bars and clubs as we're opening up. I be, they're saying, I mean, how do, what do you think about the um, the fact that people are worried about coming out of lockdown? I, a lot of people are saying that it's going to be a bit like the Roaring Twenties. Yeah, I, I think that's a quite a sort of simplistic view of it. I, I, I'm curious to know what it's going to look like because as we stand at the moment, they're only just vaccinating the over 40s mm. and I wonder whether by the time everything opens up it's only going to be the over 40s that have the double dose so it's all going to be just the older people in the club and I I want to be right behind that yeah me too yeah. and and you know if older people are wearing short shorts let's all wear short shorts yeah yeah well in way we, we'll wear the short shorts and then the younger people will have to follow yeah but they can they can wear the jocks <laughs> <laughs> Well, in Wales, they're uh, they're now vaccinating people who are uh, eighteen plus. Okay, already. So I think Wales got it sorted. Really, they do, they they've been the best ones. Yeah, I do feel fundamentally Welsh. I don't know why. I mean, I, I have got ancestry in Wales, but it's a couple of generations down. You look fundamentally Welsh. Do I? <laughs> no. <laughs> I do look a bit like a daffodil. <laughs> That's probably what you're thinking. And I look a bit like a sheep. Um, so, <laughs> on that bombshell, shall we end the podcast? Yeah. I think it's time to end it. Okay. Thank you, lovely audience, for being with us. Uh, thank you, Rhiannon, who's not here anymore, but um, it was great to have our interview. Uh, Sammy, say goodbye. Goodbye and thank you. Goodbye. We will see you next time on What That Old Queen. You have been listening to What That Old Queen, written and presented by Tom Marshman and Bernie Hodges. The show was produced by Bernie Hodges for Hodge Podcasting in 2021. If you have a question for the old queens, or you'd like to be a guest, or you want to sponsor a show and give us lots of money, you can email hello at thatoldqueen.com or find us on Facebook Instagram or Twitter.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.